0: we want to thank Electrovoice. Based right here in Minnesota, Electrovoice creates and manufactures live audio solutions, microphones, speakers, and other pro audio applications. They were kind enough to provide the microphones that we use for this podcast. They sent us a pair of ND76s, which are great handheld mics for on-stage performances and are excellent at a wide range of other applications. They also sent us a pair of RE320s, which is what we almost always use for the podcast. They excel at spoken word and dialogue but are also useful for miking drums live instruments, and vocals. For 91 years, ElectroVoice has been providing top-of-the-line sound solutions. Thanks, guys. And this week, we're very excited to talk about a brand-new sponsor, Olio. Olio is a company that provides CBD in various powder blends and flavors such as coconut water and flavored teas. Olio uses a patent-pending technology to extract CBD oil and make it water-soluble. The team over at Olio were nice enough to send us some test packets, and I've been trying them for the past week. So basically, they come in single-serve packets much like a Crystal Light that you just add cold water to. They have a coconut water flavor, which is great for post-workout hydration or any time of the day that you're craving coconut water. And then they have various flavored tea blends. The tea blends have caffeinated and non-caffeinated options for whatever preference you choose. Each single-serving packet provides 25 milligrams of CBD oil, and they also sell bulk flavorless powder that you can mix in with the beverage of your choice. Now, you can do a quick Google search of CBD oil benefits on your own time, but research is out there showing that CBD oil can help a variety of issues and ailments. Personally, it's helped the muscles in my upper back feel a lot more relaxed and loose since I've been taking it for the past couple weeks, but I'm looking forward to continuing to use it, and I'll obviously report back on how it's been going. To learn more about Oleo, head to their website, www.oleolife.com. That's O-L-E-O-L-I-F-E.com. Where you can go purchase their products and learn more about the company. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of the Green Room Podcast. Super excited for our special guest, but as always, we're going to talk your ear off for a little bit first. Getting some social lubricant over there, Megan. Hey, guys. <laughs> Let me see some of that. Let me okay. see some
1: of that. You know, speaking of this the is, devil, Canada legalized it yesterday. Say,
0: we're celebrating the Canadian <laughs> legalization. Yes, we've had of so many Canadians on here lately. Our guests are Canadian. Our guests are
1: Canadian. In honor of our Canadian guests, we are putting one in the air for you. We are lighting one up.
0: that's <laughs> <coughs> well, that was good. I think I'm gonna have to go back for another.
1: Oh, get it, get it, get it. Yeah, so the guests today are Ilvis Freshly, and we kind of go back quite a ways because I heard of them a long time ago when I had my debut EP come out on the Ghetto Funk album out of Bristol in the UK. And so it's super dope to be able to talk to them. I actually just got to meet, and there's like five of them, I believe. And I just got to meet three of them when I was in Merritt, British Columbia, playing at at Fozzie Fest, which if you guys have listened to some of our other podcasts, I've talked about a little bit. So. Anyway, that's who we're going to talk to later. But now we're just going to smoke these doinks, man. <laughs> <laughs> it makes me miss thorny. Anyway, yeah, me too. So we're smoking doinks on our podcast. We got tons of shit to cover today. And speaking of weed. Okay. Speaking of doinks, Doinks? you can fly out of LAX now, man, with as many doinks as you want. Are you serious? Up to one ounce of doinks. One ounce of doinks? Yeah, apparently they passed this thing. (laughs) I just found out that you can fly out of LA with weed, I think up to an ounce, and it's legal. And whatever people do to you upon arrival of wherever you're going is like your own responsibility, but you can legally fly out of LAX now with weed. And I think that's really exciting for just like the future of recreational cannabis.
0: I'm just going to, especially fly. as
1: someone who's constantly flying places and especially yeah. between legal States already. And I can't right. freaking bring weed on the plane. Right. Like I listen to that, yeah. you know, TSA, the biggest, well,
0: I'm just going to keep flying around and then go out for smoke breaks at the airport and just get high and then fly to the next airport.
1: Dude, I, I just made a status about this recently, but I was like, I've seen some dedicated people, but are you, are you really dedicated if you don't go into security and then have a layover in your next stop and then go out of security just so you can smoke a cigarette and then come back through security? You'd that be shocked how many people were like, yeah, this is totally me.
0: Yeah, I've done it when I was smoking. <laughs> when I smoked a lot of cigarettes, I was doing that. It's ridiculous.
1: Oh my God, I can't believe that you would have that much dedication.
0: It's only when you have like... Hours to kill at the airport.
1: Yeah, I suppose so.
0: Trying to kill some time.
1: Yeah, but that's crazy. Yeah, you can fly out of LAX with Wade now, y'all. That's really cool. Yeah. Anyway, speaking of other weed-related things, I guess we can segue right into, you know, Woodstock, which was like primo weed-smoking era, and they're deciding to do the the 50th anniversary of Woodstock, apparently. Woodstock 2019, next summer. I think that's kind of crazy. Pat is a little skeptical of this because didn't you say they tried to do one in 1999 for the 30th anniversary and it was totally awful?
0: Yeah, I just did a quick Google search and I I had heard something about this before. But they did a a Woodstock in 1999 and the second headline that pops up is Woodstock 99, Riots, Rapes and the Raising of the Alt Revolution. That probably means alt music, like alt rock. But yeah, there was that's like what I was telling you the other day. I had heard that there was like a lot of problems that they had in nineteen ninety nine. Like people were not V chill about it. And there was like a lot of rapes and shit like that happening. That's crazy. Probably because people had in that this mindset of the old school Woodstock, you know, like the hippie free love type thing. And then there's probably a bunch of broskies there that were Forcing themselves upon people.
1: Yeah. Uh, um,
0: it's not cool. So, yeah, they're trying that sounds it again. really weird and yeah.
1: depressing that that happened. But yeah, totally. So 20 they're years trying it later, again.
0: They're trying it again and we'll see how it goes.
1: Where's it going to be? Do we know? Let me it's check. In,
0: it's in Woodstock, New York, I believe.
1: Oh, okay. Um, so I'm a dumbass and I didn't even know that was a town.
0: I, well, or right outside of Woodstock, <clears> like some farm.
1: Yeah. Maybe I'll be going to New York. I don't know. We'll see.
0: Bethel, Bethel New York.
1: They have one of the official Woodstock posters, like the original ones framed in Shaws down the street. There's this bar, for those of you that don't know what Shaws is, um, in Minneapolis, where like Jellybean from The Time and the drummer from Earth, Wind & Fire will come in and play just like randomly on like a Monday night. (laughs) It's really ridiculous. And Jellybean always wears like purple satin and like sequin top hats and is just ridiculously mm-hmm. amazing yeah he, and comes what in a, and
0: he plays guitar
1: he com- comes in and plays guitar because he's contract. contracted yeah. he cannot play the drums for anybody else until the end of time get it Ooh, Ooh. i like that that's
0: pretty good that's pretty good
1: yeah so he has to come play guitar so but he comes he's in plays absolutely guitar unbelievable and, and, and it, i actually watched him sit in on bass actually one time as well sure and that was ridiculous yeah. as well yeah so anyway, if you're ever in Minneapolis or you live here and you haven't been to Shaw's, go to Shaw's, get a Shaw burger. It's yeah. like a sloppy, slutty version Huge. of a Big Mac.
0: Yeah, it's it's good. It's very guilty, divey. Guilty pleasure. Um,
1: oh, and on Tuesdays, our homie Snowman, who's like one of the most prodigious saxophone players in this state and maybe even in the country. <laughs>
0: maybe, I don't know, Midwest, yeah, yeah, upper seriously. Midwest for um, sure.
1: He has a band called The New Primitives, and their drummer's fantastic as well. He plays on this tiny little kit with—I don't even think it has a tom. Mm-hmm. Maybe it yeah. just has one floor tom. Mm-hmm. And he sings, and he's fantastic. And yeah. they're very like reggae funk, and it's awesome. So Tuesdays, cool yep. eat a Shaw burger, y'all. Mm-hmm. Anyway, what do we got going on besides that, dude? I. What oh, about oh. Fire Festival? Okay. Okay. Yeah, I just saw this article the other day that the owner of Fire Festival, not Jaw Rule, the no, other his, one, his Billy partner. McFarland, pleaded guilty to two counts of wire fraud and was arrested, <laughs> or after being arrested in June of two thousand seventeen, after an FBI investigation, he initially pled not guilty and then cha- changed his plea. And has been sentenced to six years. So he's going to jail for screwing over all of those rich millennials that's parents flew them down to that island to get fucked over.
0: For fire festival. Yeah. But Ja Rule comes out unscathed. Yes. So he's still ready to rap.
1: It literally, this article there. literally doesn't even like bring him up at all. So Weird. that's interesting. And speaking of like old school motherfuckers, Suge frickin' Knight. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Okay, so the first time I ever heard of Suge Knight, this is really weird. I was like, probably like ten years old, and I was watching one of those reality television shows on TLC where they they auction off the storage units that people have left unattended.
0: Oh yeah, do you know what yeah, I'm talking yeah. about? Storage Wars. I
1: still yeah, they still have that. It was some like really old version of that. Anyway, they found this one, and in it was a trunk of Suge Knight's clothes. And I just remember this like red velvet suit that they pulled out that was worth like five thousand dollars that it ha- was personally made for Shug Knight and had his like name embroidered on the inside and everything and on the pocket square and stuff. And that I was like, who is Shug Knight and why is this jacket five thousand dollars? And that's how I found out who Shug Knight was. But anyway,
0: that's pretty funny. He's been
1: in and out of jail for like his entire life because he's V Thug. And now he's going to be in jail for maybe the rest of his life because he got sentenced he to 28 years for a lethal hit and run.
0: Lethal. So he killed a guy Yeah, a or, or person.
1: He murdered them with his whip.
0: Damn.
1: Yeah, so that's like kind of insane, I'd say. I'm looking it up really quick to see if we can find some more details about that. But I think, were you telling me that he's been kind of... Well, a, a people, shit show for like a really long time
0: no i mean I, I i guess i don't really follow him too closely but i remember during the whole biggie tupac who killed you know like who put the mm-hmm. hit on tupac shook knight was a suspect for a while mm. which was an artist on his that's own that's interesting record
1: yeah i remember you saying that i did not yeah. know that so he's 53 years old right now wow Um, When he gets out of jail, he would be 81. Holy shit. And that's past, you know, a man's, like, average life expectancy. So good luck, Shug. But
0: He'll be fine in jail. You deserve to be in there, you motherfucker. Such a big Um, badass. Apparently, he's not even
1: eligible for parole for 20 years. So, like, this is some serious hot business, dude. It makes
0: me wonder, like, if they slap... I wonder what his
1: bail is.
0: If they slap something like that on you, I mean, I guess I don't know the laws, but it makes me wonder if they take into account the personality and the... The fact that he's been in trouble in the law before, or at least been a suspect or a suspicious character. I wonder if they take into account like his moral history, or whatever you would call that. Do you know what I mean? Does that make sense?
1: Yeah. And this is tangential, but I know we mentioned this later in the interview, but I just wanted to correct it really quick. Making a Murderer Season 2 comes out today, Friday. And I thought mm-hmm. it was a couple days ago, but it is out today. So
0: yeah, I figured that out last night because I was remembering that interview, and I went to try to watch it.
1: Mm, yeah, my and bad. Find it, man. I was so obsessed with that for so long. I'm so curious about how they're how they're managing to make an entire another season out of it. Yeah, me too. But it reminds me of like maybe they maybe they found some like crazy shit or something. You know, like on um, the Jinx on HBO with Robert right. Durst how right. he incriminates himself right at the end there. I'm not going to like ruin it for everybody, but mm-hmm. they reopened and appealed the entire case because of the documentary that had been made. And I think it's wild that that idiot decided that he would be like subject to be interviewed on a documentary that clearly right. like-
0: Is trying to paint him yes. as guilty.
1: Yes, and that right. he ended up like being down to let it be released and everything. <clears throat> I'm, I mean, I guess he probably signed a contract right off the bat that said that he couldn't renege on it
0: it's his ego you got to th- i i think people like that if he did commit those crimes people who are serial murderers they have an ego issue where they think they can get away with anything so dangling himself in front of the public i think is part of you know whatever that that switch that's gone wrong in his brain over time that makes him want to do stuff like that you know just to kind of look what i can get away with here right in front of you yeah yeah
1: i mean I think that'd be very tempting like, for a lot of people who have had like really crazy lives and like have done really crazy stuff. At what point, like sort of like adrenaline junkie people who just continue doing crazier and crazy shit until they die, like mm-hmm. Shane McConkie. <laughs> right,
0: right. For right. real.
1: Which, by the way, if you guys have never seen the oh, documentary okay. McConkie, seriously, great. Um, it's fantastic. And I made Pat watch it. And like a couple months later, he sends me this picture of somebody had written in permanent marker above this bathroom door at this huge dive bar, and all it said in huge letters was, watch the documentary, McConkie. <laughs> yeah, and it
0: wasn't me who wrote it and took a picture yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't
1: you? No, I'm not, I'm not that
0: <laughs> type of person.
1: Yeah, no, and okay, okay, so speaking of documentaries and stuff, they're doing a biopic on Freddie Mercury and the creation of Bohemian Rhapsody. Which is, like, so, pseudo-exciting, but I'm really hope it, hoping it doesn't, like, spur this huge line of, like, biopics about, like, like, like I hope they're not going to make, like, a Don't Stop Believing now. You know what I mean? Like, I yeah. don't give a shit. I've yeah. heard that song enough. Bohemian Rhapsody is, like, a forever classic, I feel like. And, yeah. plus, wasn't Freddie Mercury one of the first gay um, he was bi- front se- men? He was
0: bisexual, yeah. Or,
1: yeah. Yeah, and he was one of the first people to be, like, an androgynous... One of the first, like, huge, huge, huge people to be, like, Mm. an androgynous front man, which is cool. But anyway, I think I'm super stoked to see it. I haven't been this stoked for a biopic since, I think, Black Mass.
0: Yeah, dude. I mean, Freddie Mercury's amazing. So, hopefully, and everything I've heard is that this guy's doing it right and, like, he can pull it off. So, I'm really excited. Yeah. Because there's some biopics out there that are just kind of meh. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm, Totally. And it's like... Oh, that kind of just tainted my my view on what I thought about this person, and all it is is a, a depiction of what the filmmaker thought of that person. So you're just like, oh, now that kind of ruined it for me. Yeah. So hopefully this doesn't happen because, I'm, although I'm not the hugest Queen fan, they're pretty fucking good. I mean, like, they were amazing. Fucking great.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think that's undeniable. And that reminds me of when I was on Reddit the other day, which is like how half the things I say on this podcast start out. Yeah. <laughs> I think you have, we, send, we sent each other the same exact article about Elton John. Yeah. About how, what was, oh, here, here's the Reddit, Reddit headline. Elton John answered an ad for a talent search at the very beginning of his career. And after failing the audition, he told the person behind the desk that he wasn't a good songwriter and he, hand, he was handed an envelope with lyrics by another person who'd answered the ad and failed the audition, whose name was Bernie Taupin. And then he ended up writing a majority of Elton John's songs, like later yeah, so in life. So lyrics. how serendipitous!
0: Yeah, I, and it's funny because, at least from the public perspective, Elton John gets all of the the praise for Whoa. as the performer. Okay,
1: holy shit! Yeah, top comment on here. People talking about how stoked they are about Bohemian Rhapsody biopic, and they they wish they'd do this. They are 2019 Rocket Man comes out biopic about Elton John. No
0: way. Okay. Yes. Okay. And See. you can look
1: up, you can look up the trailer on IMDb. I'm on it right now.
0: So it's already happening, Megan. Your
1: it's greatest
0: already, fear. It's my my greatest fear. You you said you're well, maybe it's not your greatest fear, but you were you said you were afraid that it would spread. Yeah, this. but I like
1: like Elton John.
0: So you're just afraid. <laughs> I of, just want
1: the gay ones. You just, we want just the afraid. gay ones. Make biopics about the gay ones. No, I'm so kidding. As, long, as
0: long as it's a cool movie <laughs> that you like, as you're long fine. as they're
1: gay. No, I'm kidding.
0: I uh, think I think your attitude is if it's a cool movie that I like, then go for it. If you're gonna make a shitty movie, I hate. Then oh well, don't what the fuck it. would you
1: think if they made a fucking movie called Hotel California? You'd never watch that shit. You'd be annoyed about it.
0: I would be. You'd only
1: watch it to watch Joe Walsh. Anyway.
0: Yeah, I probably won't yeah. won't even go that far.
1: Yeah, anyway.
0: Speaking of musicians, did you hear uh, Snoop Dogg's doing commercials now for erectile dysfunction and baldness? Yeah, man. I know I your it.
1: dick doesn't work sometimes, too. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> he's, like,
0: he's like, I might not have a problem with it. But I but know you do. But you do. <laughs> <laughs> did you see that? It's,
1: I don't think you showed me that one, but you told me about it. Yeah, he
0: like shit talks to the customer. It's That's pretty hilarious. Funny.
1: I feel like Snoop must be at a very interesting point in his career right now when he's he must be getting a ton of money or something because I mean a ton of money or be really like not getting that many emails for inquiries because I think it's the ton of money thing.
0: I think it's the ton of money thing too cuz he's also hosting that show.
1: Maybe he's not getting enough Spotify royalties to keep his
0: I'm sure he's fine. His
1: shit together. I'm sure you he's doing so. Just, oh,
0: I'm sure he's Everybody doing. Everybody should Spotify.
1: do that thing again. Like they did when Nelly went to jail and they just streamed his music on YouTube. Like everybody just decided oh, so to he loop his money? music on on yeah, YouTube so that he could get bail. Let's, <laughs> let's give
0: Snoop Dogg more money, everybody. Let's <clears throat> go stream his music.
1: I would give Snoop Dogg money. I don't give a shit. He's awesome.
0: Well, I'm going to be giving him money inadvertently when I start buying these erectile dysfunction pills.
1: Oh, well, Perfectly. Pat Olson, everybody, his phone number is... (laughs) Never mind, you won't call it. (laughs) Not now. (laughs) His
0: phone number is 715-who-gives-a-shit.
1: erectile dysfunction is your thing, here's Pat's number. Ayo. Yeah, Ayo. No, but on the topic of frickin' Spotify royalties... More Spotify bullshit is going on. More than when we just talked about all the shit with Anna. I'm like completely in the dark with this. Okay, here's this headline on Music Business Worldwide this morning. Spotify acquires minority stake in DistroKid, enabling artists to upload to multiple services. So not only did they just decide that you can upload directly via Spotify, which pissed off a lot of distributors because that's one of their main income sources, people using distribution companies to upload their shit to Spotify. Mm -hmm. Not only are they allowing artists to... upload solely to Spotify, they're also, Spotify has now bought DistroKid, or bought a portion bought a, of it. A portion of it, yeah. Yeah, so now Spotify is going to be basically having a hand in distribution for all other platforms as well. Right. So you can go directly through Spotify now to go onto all other platforms, and I can't even imagine how much Wait, the so, distribution world is going to be pissed so, off right so now. So what
0: you're saying is, if I created a song, I could upload it to Spotify directly, and Spotify in turn... Would use its stake in DistroKid to distribute, so I don't even have to go through DistroKid. It's already built into the Spotify upload. Exactly. Oh. Yeah.
1: So wow. now basically, they are just another distribution company, and people aren't going to need a third-party distribution company so like, when they can just go through Spotify. So like I mean, RIP. people will still use them, I think, because solely because of the customer. Preser- customer service that a lot of distribution companies provide, like Symphonic Distribution mm-hmm. is mine, and they do a fantastic job. If I have any issues ever, they get back to me the same day. I cannot imagine Spotify doing anything like that. No,
0: you can't even get a hold of somebody at Spotify. Exactly.
1: So like, it's like, you know, this will be pe- this will be for more people, I guess, that are just wanting their music to be on Spotify more than anything, you know? Probably mm-hmm. like the smaller artists, because I don't really see a benefit to doing well, that necessarily. It, I, I mean, wonder what, how much it costs. We'll have to... When they roll all this out, actually, we'll revisit this on the podcast and let you guys know the details about it. But that just happened today that they announced their minority stake. So that is really going to shake some shit up.
0: And that's what is kind of ironic about that is when Spotify started up and they were kind of struggling. Like when they started up, it was great because they had contracts with all of the they had licenses for through all of like the major record labels and a lot of small indies. And they basically had everything out there that you could listen to. Yeah. Then some of it started to go away because major record labels thought, or they started realizing that streaming was eating into their physical profits, like final records. And at that point, primarily CDs. So what they ended up doing is that they, Spotify ended up losing a lot of subscribers. They couldn't grow at a fast enough rate and they needed more funding. So what actually ended up happening was Universal Music Group came in and bought I want to say it's something like a 49% stake in Spotify, basically keeping it alive. But part of that deal is, and you can still see it today, a lot of the featured artists are universal artists. Hmm. So they push that. So in a, in a backwards way, the record industry bought into Spotify, invested into Spotify at the dismay of a lot of the other competing record labels. Hmm. So like yeah, they have I this mean. weird relationship. It keeps kind of doing that the higher up you go.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Everything is so strange right now with all of this licensing and distribution and publishing and blah, 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 blah. It's insane to keep up with, and I'm really curious what's Mm -hmm. going to happen. People have been like predicting some savior new platform is going to appear and just save us all from Spotify and iTunes and SoundCloud, but it's not going to happen. So Mm -hmm. We We shall see. And you know what, speaking of all these streaming services and all this shit, my track with Grid Division and Sugar Beats is number three on the Beatport Glitch Hop Top 100 right now. Really? Congratulations. Yes. Thank you so much. It's super exciting, everybody. And if you have dollar and ninety-nine cents that's sitting around on the floor of your car, maybe, you should go buy the track so we can mm-hmm. be number one.
0: Or if you're a DJ and you just want to play it out. Go cop that shit. Yeah, yeah.
1: Go cop it, please. We'd appreciate the shit out of it because I have never been number one. I've been number five before with the funk, with our track. um, Oh, yeah, yeah. With with Slink. With Slink. But I have never been number one, so go get it. Please. I'm going to personally, I'm
0: (laughs) going to wait for one of those 20% off sales.
1: Oh really? Yeah. That's so so like, kind of you.
0: Here comes winter. Twenty percent. You know off. it's funny.
1: I hit up my like closest friends and I was like, "Hey bitch, buy my track, like, yeah. le- like help me out." And literally, almost all of them ignored me. Really? Yeah. And I called Paul Chang out for this, which I'm doing hey, right now again.
0: You never hit me up.
1: And I said, "Hey Paul, did you buy my track or what?" And he goes, "Sorry, I put it in the cart and then I got distracted and then proceeded to still not buy it." <laughs> so Paul, suck it. <laughs> Moving on.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Paul.
1: No, I just think it's funny. I just feel like so many of my close friends are so desensitized. They're like, "Oh, here's another fucking thing from Megan. Jesus Christ!" But you know, that's yeah. just how it goes.
0: Part of the part of the role you have to play.
1: Yeah, I guess so. You know, maybe I should make a song and then have it self destruct after ten, 10 minutes when people put it number one on Beatport, and then you'll never hear it again. There you go. And I'll be the Banksy of Exclusive. music. Exclusive.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, where he uh shredded that painting. Yeah. That's fucking crazy. Yeah.
1: I'll just make a song. I'll wipe it off the face of the earth right after it gets number Dude, one. That's on That's so
0: wild. So I don't know if you guys <laughs> saw this, but like there was this painting that Banksy did.
1: How much did it sell for too, it was by the like
0: way? like $200,000. Really? Yeah. It was, it was a lot of money and it was, it went up for auction and it sold for like $200,000. But Banksy apparently had the foresight to film this all too. Cause he released this film of him actually building the painting and the frame and he built in a, sh- a built-in shredder. So when his art was sold for profit, he could activate it and it would shred the actual piece. The frame would shred the actual piece of art. And this happened at the auction where he...
1: It's fantastic. And the quote about it from Alex Bransick, the senior director and head of contemporary art for where this occurred. It appears we've just got Banksy'd.
0: <laughs> that's it that's, that's his, such his a quote very, about the whole thing it seems like such a very british like upper class oh my thing god to listen to what he
1: says next we have not experienced a situation in the past where painting spontaneously shredded upon achieving a record for the artist
0: oh yeah oh really? we've
1: never had this happen before oh you don't Unbelievable. say <laughs> <laughs> what a stupid comment but um <laughs> anyway you were incorrect the painting sold for 1.4 million dollars. Oh wow! So a little more than 200k, and <laughs> yeah. that's fucking insane.
0: Did they? I wonder if the guy got his money back though.
1: You know, I don't know. It, I did, it doesn't could, explain I that, and like if it does, I don't feel like reading an, enough of it right now to figure it out. Maybe but. that's
0: why that guy was just so like, "Oh, this has never happened before." I don't think Who it'd cares? be very
1: Banksy of him to give his money back.
0: Did Banksy get his money, though? I don't think he got his money. I think it was at auction. So that hmm. auction guy got the money. That's probably why he's just like, oh. Well, he still hmm. got the
1: shredded painting, so. Yeah.
0: Well, I guess that's something. Did he? I, I don't know. Is, I guess that Whatever. could be worth you know what? 1. Speaking, Speaking
1: of Europe, guys. I just saw this week that they're going to keep all the Game of Thrones buildings up. Really? From the sets. Yeah. So you can go visit Westeros after they're completely done.
0: So like a real-life Game of Thrones museum.
1: Yeah, I think that's, that's pretty, pretty cool. That's I mean, they have... Um, don't they have like fake Hogwarts and shit too you I can go so. down like, to like, di- like di- whatever Diagon alley like and in in Europe as well though they have one there and then they have one in whatever Florida
0: oh like oh, I was just thinking of like theme parks
1: no they have like a Hogwarts at like universal Studios in Florida and then they yeah. also have like fake Diagon alley and like some other shit in Europe I believe
0: that's pretty awesome too
1: yeah. Pretty crazy. But yeah, anyway, that's pretty exciting. And I think I might pop over to the UK next year sometime or something. So maybe I'll go check it out.
0: Do you know who else is from the UK? Or maybe not the UK, but Europe somewhere, I believe. Who? Niels Bohr.
1: Oh my God. I just saw the funniest shit about that guy.
0: Really? (laughs) It's almost like a perfect segue.
1: It really is. (laughs) Holy shit. Okay. So like I saw this thing the other day about how Niels Bohr who he was a he's a famous physicist who won a, a Nobel Prize after he won the Nobel Prize somebody he decided won it for, he
0: created the atomic, atomic model. model so yeah. the a neutron protons electrons
1: yeah so he he got the Nobel Prize and then as like a present somebody gifted him <clears throat> a house stocked with a lifetime supply of beer and he proceeded to live there for 30 years and never accomplished did, anything else. Wait, no. Did,
0: did, <laughs> did, didn't they give him like a kick-ass house? He died in the house. Didn't they give him a kick-ass house like near the brewery and there was like a line that was run to
1: it? Run to his house? I think so, yeah. yeah and he, he was had like just a, a lifetime line. supply of beer and he literally <laughs> never ever made any other scientific accomplishments for the rest of the 30 years that he lived there and he died in the house.
0: Dude, what a fucking baller.
1: I know. I mean, like, if I get hella famous, you know, where's my house with, I want a tap line. I need to live next to a brewery, I guess, so I can rent a tap line to my house.
0: Dude, my uncle runs a tap line from his mini, fr- like he has a keg fridge. Keggerator. A kegerator in his basement, and he ran it out his window and in the ground and like into this split in the tree. And then the tree over time like grew over the line, but there's like a tap handle in the tree.
1: That's so awesome, dude. Beer. That's amazing. It's pretty sweet. My gosh, I want to do that. Anyway, we are now to our favorite part of every single podcast that we ever do. We'll Joel? save the, we'll save Joel. these last ones for we'll save these last five for the end.
0: Yeah. Okay. Joel, get over here.
1: Album of the week.
0: Thanks, Thank you, buddy. Joel.
1: Good to see you. Bye.
0: Always <laughs> oh, crazy. Like, we, we schedule these podcasts so sporadically, right at, right and we can just right call time. him up and be like, hey, we're doing a podcast today.
1: Album of the week. You in?
0: And he's like, hell yeah, man. And he comes over. Yeah. Thanks, week. Joel.
1: Have a good day. Anyway, so my album of the week, it just came out. I just got it in the mail yesterday on vinyl. Who? Closie. She put out a new album called Evasion. She's touring it right now. She's on our roster at Pivotal. She's a super amazing person outside of being like one of the most talented little bitches I ever met. <laughs> and yeah, she's just fantastic. And her new album is really, really cool as well. And my record player broke, but I just bought a new one. Pat's over here trying to help me set up my new phono bullshit. And I'm so excited so I can actually listen to my new vinyl of it because I've only listened... To it um on SoundCloud and fuck hundred and twenty-eight kilobytes per second or whatever yeah. the F rate they're running yeah, that whatever. bullshit at like these they days. Change I think it's like, like sixty-four. Yeah. Anyway, so that's super exciting. Go check it out. Close Z. I know you know who she is, cause she's like blowing the F up right now. And if you don't know, now you know Pat.
0: My album of the week is it's called Live at the Greek. So takes place live at the Greek Theater. It is by Jimmy Page and the Black Crows. It basically is a live concert of the Black Crows playing all Led Zeppelin songs with Led Zeppelin's guitarist, Jimmy Page, on stage with them. And this came out, I want to say it was like in the early 2000s or late 90s. And basically, I think the backstory is that Jimmy Page wanted to get Led Zeppelin back together because they hadn't played since the death of their drummer, John Bonham, in the 80s. They hadn't uh, been a band since then, and he wanted to get everybody back together and do some tours or do a tour run as Led Zeppelin with a a replacement drummer. And some of the band members were against it. I think it was primarily Robert Plant was against it, the lead singer. So he's like, fuck it, it's not going to happen. What other kick-ass rock band can I just recruit to play? zeppelin songs so we got the black crows and they played this show and it it's awesome
1: oh, i just I'll listened have to, to it check last that night out. i haven't heard it
0: i listened to it last night it's it's a longer one it's like it's almost two hours long but it's really cool
1: wow that's that's so crazy how many songs 20 okay 20 so pretty typical for back in the day.
0: But no, it's just like it's live. It's the whole show all the oh, way okay, through. Okay, sorry, and then yeah. they like extend some songs out to like 12-minute well, blues oh yeah, like no j- so jams. Long, for sure. And it's pretty cool because, Megan, I know you just encountered this where somebody was criticizing your guitar playing. Mm-hmm. But it's pretty cool on this album because Jimmy Page was never known as a great live guitarist. In the studio, he's a wizard, right? All of his uh, solos and leads come out exactly as he planned on recordings, but live, like live albums and stuff, he's pretty sloppy and you hear like open strings and just chunks and stuff like that. So this whole album, you hear a lot of that and you just hear like the naturalness of he and uh, one of the, I believe it's Rich Robinson, Mm -hmm. the black girls guitar player. And they're, they're pretty sloppy, but it's good. So it's all about feeling. It's all about emotion. So.
1: Yeah. I was just talking to keep love about that yesterday. He made a cool comment to me, sent me a message that was just like, Don't let people talk shit to you. You know, like you can tell that you're an artist by the way that you play and the way you phrase things. And it's not all about technicality and sometimes simplicity is really where it's at. And that made me feel a lot better about it because, yeah, I mean, I'm not Steve Vai over here, but you know, like I'm trying. So it's a lot more than I feel like some people can say. Not
0: many people are Steve Vai. So get
1: off your ass, people, and do what you like, even if you suck at it for a while. Yeah, just do it. Yeah, I
0: mean, because look look at these two guys. Yeah,
1: Nike, fuck racists.
0: Yeah, Rich Robinson and Jimmy Page are both regarded as elite guitar players.
1: Yeah, and Tom DeLonge is famous. Yeah,
0: these guys are great. Shout out to
1: Rob Revere for bringing that up yesterday. He was like, Tom DeLonge sucks and he's mega famous. (laughs) (laughs)
0: He's also mega crazy.
1: (laughs) Hey, I had a white on for him when I was young, okay?
0: Ew. (laughs) (laughs) That term cracks me up every time
1: do you think all the small things was written about their penises maybe just his Mm. yeah maybe he has more than one penis (laughs) (laughs) anyway so we're high and that is perfect timing to bring in our legalized canadian extravaganzas ilvis freshly what up Our first guest tonight is introducing special
2: guests. Let's do this. You're
3: listening to Green Room Podcast. This is Phil. This is Jesus. And we especially when you're listening to the Green Room Podcast. We now. Can't stop that shine. They all keep talking about it. We stay up on that gun. If y'all ain't know about it, we got that good good. We got that top shelf. Keep droppin' bombshells, yeah. We rollin' now. Jesse. All boy, we
2: taking off Gonna press the cord we clean that spot At the top, astronaut One track mind can't break, won't stop Train thigh, crazy hot be bump with the haze, like a blaze a light. I could just win, cage and sauce Still gonna win if we're facing off on top, hallelujah Comic-Con's doing Kama Sutra Hager say what's hip-hop, do ya? Do it for love, nigga, like a moolah Even one day, hey, that's a dream talk about nothing that we kill the scene Can't so down, pick up scene Yeah, y'all know what I mean Like a runaway freight dream, baby I'm a fully loaded <laughs> Yo, are you guys hungry? Man, when ain't you hungry? And you just eat. Yo, I can eat, man. Yo, you want some shop? pizza? Yo, Doyle, get some pizza.
3: Yes, sick. Tight. What do you guys want on your pizza? Uh, how about some bacon,
2: get some, some, creamy some chicken, chicken
3: some mushroom, mushroom, onion? Yo,
2: put some pineapple on there, man. Pineapple?
3: Smoking like chameleon, purple hash Holding ring like Kermit, that
2: blueberry fruity passion Kronik, every color, color,
1: Thanks for joining us, guys. So what time is it, wherever you are? It's, it's a quarter after 5 p.m. Hey, so you're you're over in Canada, okay? Hey?
2: Yes, we're on the far west coast.
1: We're <coughs> nice, there. nice. Uh, are you
0: guys in Vancouver, or are you guys just like outside of Vancouver?
1: We're on
2: the, we're on the island,
3: Victoria, Victoria uh, oh. Vancouver, Vancouver. Yeah, Vancouver Islands. So, Victoria, BC.
2: It's a common misconception that all uh, West Coast Canadians are from Vancouver. <laughs>
1: but, uh, <laughs> yeah. Wait, yeah. there's more cities out in West Canada than Vancouver, though? No, it's not. I'm <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Sorry.
0: No, yeah, Victoria is beautiful, man. Victoria is beautiful.
1: It is. I was just watching that video today that the Funk Hunters filmed with Charlie Tuna oh, yeah. in 2016 oh, uh, yeah. when they when the drones were just getting popular and they filmed they filmed this really cool drone video of Charlie Tuna basically just like rapping on the side of the verbal Herman Monster on the side of a fucking bluff in Victoria.
2: That's where Nick and Dunks are, I think, originally from is Galliano Island. Yeah, and uh, that's like where they met and they kind t- of to took it back to the roots for that video.
3: It's a beautiful. Oh wow! We played a
2: festival there
0: this summer. Oh no oh. shit! What festival?
2: Actually, it was on Gabriola, not Galliano. Yeah, I always get to mixed up. Like, There's so many little <laughs> <to> laugh. <laughs> Yeah, and it's close. They're pretty close. It was called Cultivate, and it's more of an arts festival. So there was lots of trippy, like art installations, and like live art displays, and kind of like more theatrical type stuff. And then we played in a goat barn. Goat barn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I Were there on. goats? It was lit. It was awesome, actually. It was pretty fun. Yeah.
0: Was there actual goats there?
2: No, not, not that night, but every other night of the year there is. I'm kind of disappointed.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so where do the goats go?
2: Well, they relocate them for the festival, I'm guessing, but it still smelled like goats in there, that's for sure.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not surprising. I bet it smelled like a bag of dicks in there.
2: Minnesota. Yeah. <laughs> like, I can't put a, a visual picture on Minnesota. We're
1: just south. Um, here's here's your visual. We're south of Winnipeg. Here here, just name some oh, things that are Minnesotan, Pat. Okay, so we got hot dish. We got Prince. We got Prince, First Avenue. Yeah. We got Purple Rain. We got Paul Bunyan.
0: Paul Bunyan. Minnesota, too? Are you kidding? I thought he was from Wisconsin. Okay, no, go back
1: California. home then, because that's not where Paul Bunyan's from.
0: <laughs> oh, okay, whatever. Minnesota <laughs> Minnesota is what one of the northernmost states. We have the most Canadian climate besides Alaska. Of all the states.
1: And did you know I just found out the other day when I was talking to Joel, who comes in every single episode and (laughs) sings the jingle for Album of the Week for us, um, that only two state there are two states in the non continental United States, so all 50, that have never been above 100 degrees, and they are Alaska and Hawaii. What does 100 degrees mean? 100 degrees Fahrenheit. Yeah, I know,
2: but like Celsius, but
1: I gotta Google it. I honestly don't know. Nothing like.
0: That's super hot. It's hot. It's super hot. It is
2: thirty-seven
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: degrees. 37?
2: Thirty-seven. Thirty-seven. Oh, okay, that's hot. Yeah, that'll do. Yeah, that's
1: hot. Yeah, and I well, I guess when Joel found this out, it has been since not disproven, but uh, Alaska. Surpassed it by like two degrees, so now they've been at like 102 once. Oh no! But shit. Hawaii has never been above 100 degrees either. And
0: so that blows my mind because Hawaii is. De- I've never been to Hawaii, but it's depicted as like hot,
1: sunny. It's just tropical. real moist there, you know. Ew. I've been a few times, but I all three times I was like under the age of 15, so I don't really count that because it's like oh, I followed my parents around. But in a funny story, me and my cousin figured out how to charge shit to the room and that was really i think i was like 6 and he was like 8 that was just like the beginning of a lot of really crazy mayhem where we like took this ferry boat that drove us all around like Waikiki and we were like ordering burgers and milkshakes and all this shit and our parents had no idea where we were <laughs> and anyway that's my last thing that's the last time i had fun in hawaii you know i had some some harmless child fun but i'm going to go pretty lady committee in hawaii yeah that sounds like fun yeah. <laughs> Someday.
2: Have y'all I been have to money. Hawaii? I've never been there, but if you just fucking buy me a ticket. I'll go. <laughs> All right.
1: Man, I, I
2: agree. Yeah,
0: me with, too.
3: With yeah, that me about too, most right, places. Yeah, we'll do a uh, yeah throwback album, just like Elvis did. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, hell yeah, man. Hey, yeah. So
1: seems only appropriate now, okay. Aloha Christmas.
0: Before we get too far, before we get too far into the interview, guys, why don't you introduce yourself to the listeners?
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry, we just got, got going.
0: We kind of get.
2: Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm Phil. Uh, I play guitar in Elvis Freshly. Been singing a bit lately, but mostly just uh, playing the guitar and, and rocking out and he- headbanging and being as theatrical as I can on stage.
0: Right on, man.
3: Yeah. Cool. I'm a uh, Jesus. And uh, I do I do the production I kind of uh, you know start a lot of the tunes and start writing them and stuff I sing and I rap and yeah pretty much like produce produce everything and do a lot of different stuff for the band
2: mm-hmm. and then also cool. in the band is Dan Danimal House he uh, he MCs and generally is the loudest guy in the room <laughs> and, and DJ Mount Doyle uh, Justin Doyle so he's been up and coming as a DJ for a little while he's like pretty prominent in the Canadian like West coast drum and bass type thing. And he's our DJ now and he's singing falsetto and stuff on a lot of tunes back in a separate uh, scratching. And then
1: he has a nice logo. Mount Doyle's logo. Terrible,
2: logo. <laughs> with a wicked logo.
1: And, uh, <laughs> I'm a graphic designer. I can't help it. Most terrible
2: signatures I've ever seen. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then also there's one more member Mike. He's the newest member. He plays the drums over our instrumentals when we play live. And, uh, Okay. I think we're. I, I want to get him singing on something. That'd be cool to get him singing. He you also
3: is a, is a ninja and uh, has amazing nunchuck skills. That's so true. That's true. Cool.
2: That's true. I want to get real. I can
0: respect
3: I that. I want to see a I drum, drum, drum a solo with nunchucks. We're working I think, on it. That would be like the dopest thing ever.
2: Yeah.
1: Wow, that would be next level.
2: But that's the band. That's the Elvis Freshly straight out of Awesome. Very cool.
1: Yeah, I think I first heard of you guys via. I want to say like one of the ghetto funk boys yeah, or something. We've even trying to
2: get a hold of them.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, Will has been so busy. It's so funny because I recently reached out to Will to be like, hey, I have this track, you know, that I want you to peep out. I think it'd be good. And then I felt like a total dickhead because I went and looked at the, the Ghetto Funk page and saw they haven't put out any releases in like two years. Cause I know Will's extremely busy with Shindig that's right. and everything. Yeah. Well,
2: no, I mean more uh, the den, there's a ghetto funk Denver that's been trying to get us out. Cause we, we got a pretty decent following out Colorado way. So like we're, I don't know. I know that they're mostly based out of the UK, but they've also got a little branch off, but like, there's not a lot happening.
1: Yeah, you know, I haven't really heard anything about that. I know about like five years ago when I originally signed my debut EP to Ghetto Funk that they had sort of helped me. They'd wanted me to be sort of like an an ambassador in the Midwest for for Minneapolis and the surrounding areas and to maybe start like facilitating some of the more exclusive like roster artists that they had to come over from the UK. But I just really feel like Will got super busy because Shindig's did so well. So it just completely... Like, uh, yeah, after that, all I've seen like, him working on is that stuff. No, but I yeah, I hit him up about this track and it was like, okay, I feel so those, stupid because clearly they're not even trying to put out material I, right I now. I feel like I
0: got, no, I, I saw something recently on Bandcamp where they put they put out a release, I want to say, in the past couple months.
1: No, they did not. No? No, absolutely My, not. Did I have a dream? Yes, you did. Either all way, right. like
3: those guys, those guys, uh, you know, when we first kind of started this, this band, a lot of those guys, we kind of met them through our DJ at the time, Kyle Waddington. They kind of they kind of turned us onto that sound a bit. Like I was already kind of producing that style a little bit more, but more like classic 90s hip hop style. And then uh, and then we listened to a lot of their production. I was like, oh man, this is dope. Like I want to.
1: Yeah, for sure. Shout out Funky Wad. Yeah, Kyle's dope. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs>
3: <laughs> but we you know like, we got kind of turned on it from there. So yeah, and then we we linked up with Will and a bunch of guys. They did remixes of our songs. So I think that's probably how. A lot of people in that scene kind of got to know about us.
1: Mm. Oh, word, yeah. Weird. Yeah, well, looking at it right now, yeah, the last EP that they put out was by someone named Crash Party, who I haven't heard of, actually, but yeah. that was two years ago. What? And then really? they put out a few of those. They they do that intermittent podcast, sort of, but they haven't been really doing that either. So anyway, I hit them up just to be like... Hey, you'd like this for your label that hasn't been releasing material. And obviously I pay so much attention and then I just felt like a dick, but they're actually moving in a really cool direction that I think Will just made an announcement about. They are buying a storefront as like a conglomerate of shindig and ghetto funk, and that they're going to be starting to do a lot more with the label now in like in collaboration with shindig and all that stuff so they've got Very some cool, cool stuff coming on yeah one
2: of our goals this year is to make it out to the uk and try to hit up shindig we are already trying to get the building blocks in place and we've had a lot of homies from the uk come over and like we hope to hook them up with shows and you know stay at our house sleep on our couches so it's like time to return the favor homeboys. <laughs> so yeah, yeah we really want to yeah. try to branch out and just try to play as far and as many shows as we can to as many comics and yeah.
0: I think, you know, I think one of the, the beautiful things of being a musician and the reason why it attracted me, you know, first and foremost wasn't the money because, yeah. you know, as we all know, right, it's a laugh It pays extremely laugh. well. It's but it's it's the traveling and the random people 100%. you get to meet in. You go to a different city and if you can go to a different country, you know, you've already made it. Like I, I feel like right now just being able to travel – we, like, We've probably Megan and traveled
1: I, like 40 states, I feel yeah, like.
0: Yeah, I mean, we haven't done much East Coast stuff in the in the yeah. U.S., but even just being able to say, oh, I've driven through pretty much every state. much like state. anything
1: left of Indiana, we have yeah. been to or through like 20 times. Yeah,
0: and it's like, I can die happy already, as like from a musician's <laughs> perspective. It's already exceeded my oh, expectations.
2: Oh, no, for sure. And like when we travel, like I I, I kind of almost feel bad for solo artists because they just got to travel by themselves and meet a guy at the airport and get picked up. The five of us have a blast, man. Sometimes, uh, sometimes uh, we get on each other's nerves. Uh, but like <laughs> when we travel thousands of kilometers with each other and oh, then yeah? we put on wicked shows, and like, and, you know, you can tell that the boys are like, at the end of a tour, yeah, sure, show me someone that can't. But like we we have so much fun traveling with each other, and like you said, international stuff. Like we did uh, Boogaloo Art Festival in uh, in California last year. I was like I'm going to California, man! I was like, fuck, I get to go to California. Awesome. <laughs> <Anyway>. <laughs>
1: yeah, I yeah, love man. going to California. That's one of my favorite. I even places enjoyed like when it. I first
0: started okay. out. I was playing this like reggae, jazz fusion funk band thing, and we were just playing rural Minnesota, rural Wisconsin. Once in a while, we had like a bigger city in mm-hmm. the U.S., and even playing those small towns was a fucking blast because I got to go out and meet yeah. the locals and you sit out there and smoke a cigarette or whatever and shoot the shit with people. You get to hear the different perspectives on where they're living, what but they're doing.
1: But also, like okay, like most importantly for me, food.
0: Oh yeah. oh yeah, food's
1: good. Like that's all I care about. I. <laughs> yeah, <it's> like- like, <laughs> I'm, I when you don't I, get a deep dish
2: pizza. What the fuck are you even doing there?
1: No, exactly, exactly, a hundred percent. In fact, I just did actually go to Picard's and got a deep dish pizza when I was in Chicago two weeks ago for the Gravitas showcase. So shout out Baseline Drift. Yeah, no, the food is seriously like my like ninety nine percent of my concern. Me and Pat went out to San Francisco a few oh, yeah. months back to go see Jamiroquai. Oh, uh,
0: some of the best food I had. And
1: have. it just so happened that. Bunk hunters were out there at the same time, so I happened to hop on as direct support, and it ended up turning like a three-day vacation into like a two-week Shout long one. Don't electronic yeah.
2: artists of the year, by
1: the way. Yes, definitely. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Shout
0: out to Nick and Dunks, man. Yeah, just for everything Bing in ups. general.
1: Yeah. um But yeah, so that worked out. We ended up being there for like two weeks, and I, my mom was like, "So what are you gonna do for two weeks?" In like where you don't live. I was like, eat, was like, eat. 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 everything. So much food. <laughs> no, but it. seriously. Yeah. I ate, we ate so much dank, dang food. And I think that's like one of my favorite parts about touring. I feel like is finding where the good shit I know is. for
2: sure. Cause when we were at Fozzie Fest, we were hanging around, you're like, where do I get some food? And I was like, Oh, it's two or three in the morning. Like you, you don't get food anywhere. You're like, well, I gotta go find food or I'm going to bed. So nice meeting you. Yeah, see you later. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> that was you. That was what you did. That's hilarious. That sounds about right. Well, that
1: was just my general escapade. That whole night was like, find me booze, find me food, because I don't know if y'all knew, but my A that brought me out there, we got lost and we got stuck in the fucking forest, like a, probably a thirty minute walk from actual Fozzie Fest, but like the middle of the forest, thirty minute walk at eleven p.m. at night in the pitch dark. British Columbian jungle lost and no cell phone service and everything. So as soon as I finally did get on site, I had like two hours to like get some food into my stomach and <laughs> heavily drink before I had to go on to stage. And so that's like was all my main concern was, was like somebody like, get me whiskey, get <laughs> me food. Like, yeah. now. <laughs> but yeah, Fozzie was amazing, dude. For the fucking nine hours that yeah, I was there. we,
2: we, Stayed Friday and Saturday. Oh, dude, we we left. Fuck, our flight didn't leave till like 9 p.m. on the Sunday, and the festival was already over on Sunday, so we just sat in the airport for like probably seven hours.
1: (laughs) Oh, man. In in Calgary? Middle of
2: nowhere. What's that airport called? Fucking.
1: I don't know. I was in Calgary, and we we got to drive through uh, Frank's Slide, which I was talking about. Did I talk about that?
0: Yeah, you talked about it on, like, our last episode.
1: Yeah, I, it was, like, one of my craziest memories.
2: Oh well, yeah. Demolished or whatever. Yeah, that place is dope. It was beautiful. Right? Yeah. It was,
1: it was mind-blowing. It was just kind of, like, shocking and jarring to know that, like, 800 people were underneath the, the highway that we were driving fucked on. fucked
2: up. Like, they, they haven't gone and fixed it up. It still looks like the whole place got fucked over pretty
1: a hundred percent. It looks like they're trying to build like an eight lane expressway right there. But that the no one that like it got like the budget got yeah. cut.
2: <laughs> I had no idea it existed until we drove through it. We toured last year with Emotions, who's a, a pretty sweet hip hop artist. Uh, so last October we toured with them from pretty much Victoria out, out to Calgary. I think something, something along the lines of like 12 or 13 shows in a month. And, uh, yeah, man, like if I, I've never really done that drive. And like I said, when we travel, we have a
0: pretty good time, man. man. Dude, you have to, that's the only way that can get you through the long car drives, man. You have to have a blast.
1: Okay. Okay. Here's the real. The photo <laughs> the re- oh, sorry. Sorry. We're having like some, a little bit of latency. So I keep talking over. You oh, that's dad. fine. It's cool. Um, so to get to the nitty gritty here, you cool. guys, what are you going to be for Halloween?
2: Oh, oh dude yeah. this is actually so sick this is actually, okay so story, okay right? so people story. always call us a fucking boy band <laughs> 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 yes <laughs> you know five five white dudes singing songs and get
3: <laughs> well we went and played a show at, at the same venue we're going to be playing on halloween actually with with the funk hunters it's called the naughty burrow in squamish bc and, uh, and after our set, like, the owner of the bar, she comes up. She's like, you know what? You, you guys are dope. She's like, you guys are a boy band, but you're
2: dope. i <laughs>
3: make <laughs> <laughs> the, the compliment sandwich or whatever, but, like, you know, I'll take it. So we're going to go back there. We haven't played there since. We're going to go back there, like, full out, like, all white, boy band, like, to the max. Show no this, off. bitch.
1: <laughs> going to sell it. Yeah, and furthermore, who is frosting their tips? That's the question. And, and everybody that's got frostable.
2: I think tips, just, I'm
3: going. I'm going JT. So I'm going like you're going you know, ramen pro- noodle
1: hair. Nice.
3: I'm going. Yeah, I'm doing the ramen noodle <laughs> hair for sure.
2: Dan's <laughs> frosting his tips up something fierce. Justin's gonna do like the ski jump. We gotta have a the uh, ski jump.
1: Amazing. And, and Another and classic. Furthermore,
2: um, we got uh, our drummer's <laughs> girlfriend, who's a choreographed dancer. She choreographed a dance routine for us to a remix of Backstreet's Back. Oh, I love that. <laughs> so we're oh, my God. We're that's actually amazing. Choreographed dance,
3: we're uh, fully sending like, headsets and all. Yeah,
1: headsets. Oh, my God. No yeah, way. like headsets? with the uh,
0: landolier mics. Oh, my that's
2: God. absolutely
1: yeah. hilarious.
3: We're going to fully send like, nobody, I don't even know what this section is. I don't even care. It's, it's going to be amazing. That's I gonna gonna can't be believe
2: we're actually doing this. To it's be going to be hilarious. Be Dude,
0: I, I need video. You guys better get some video of this.
2: Well, that's the thing is we haven't hired a video guy. Okay, like, so we, I'm we, not doing this unless we get it on video. We better get
0: up. <laughs> yeah, you you can't just do this. Oh, okay.
3: in secret. Also, like I don't I don't think we're that good at dancing. Like I I saw us trying to practice some of the moves. Like it's probably going to be a, it's going to be gonna embarrassing. Brutal. We're going to we're going to make fools of
0: ourselves yeah. for sure. Oh, good. Yeah. Well, you have to. That's that's what makes it better. <laughs> it's oh, I can't believe
2: we're actually doing this. Yeah, no, it's going to be dope. <laughs> Full send. So, what are you guys being for Halloween? Yeah, what's up?
3: What do you guys got? Well,
1: I had two options basically in my mind. And the first one was to be Han Solo. And then my girlfriend could be Hot Leia. There you go. Okay, 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 okay. And I was, I mean, and I talked to her about this and she was super on board. But then I was like, it'd be better if I was Jabba the Hutt and she was 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 Hot Leia. Oh, you could do that.
0: You could do that. I was going to say, I could be Jabba the Hutt or I could be Pizza the Hutt. (laughs)
1: <laughs> um, basically, though, my girlfriend will not allow me to be a fat worm. <laughs>
0: really? You don't say.
1: A fat, drooling n- worm that smokes hookah. No, I'm not allowed. Yeah? Okay, I'll so, do that. I can um, be that.
0: I'm going to so eat a lot of pizza. You already late. are that. Your
1: everyday pe- life is job of the hut. Well, Why do you rip that e cigarette Domino's
0: delivers pizza late, you know? So it's
1: like. That's true. Oh, my God. Anyway. I've
2: really got the theme up recently, too. There were ingredients that are far better quality than a couple years ago. Totally That's true. Agree. That's
1: totally true. Totally oh, my agree. God. The other day I saw this great meme that was like, it was like a, a Tinder conversation and at the top was like Dom or Sub and the person was like, well, Domino's has gotten pretty a lot better over the years, but Subway isn't really something that I would really eat these days. I don't know why we're putting them in the same category anyway. And then I just happened to go to a fucking bazaar that night and see a bunch of BDSM shit. And somebody came up to me. I was like, "What is happening right now?" And they were like, "Oh, that's the dom and that's the sub." And I was like, Domino's is way better than Subway." And I don't even know why we're talking about this right now. And I was like, "Just so perfect opportunity."
0: Hey, what's that? Uh, what's that old meme with like Jared? If you if you spell tuna sub backwards, bust a nut. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> this podcast,
2: that's going be the one thing I use
1: from now on. Oh my God.
2: Uh, I think though, for
0: Halloween, I think like yesterday I shaved, I had a, I had a pretty righteous beard going, and I shaved it all off, but kept the mustache, so I might be a cop if I keep this oh. mustache growing out.
1: You should be Ron oh. Jeremy, but you'll need to order a strap on.
0: Oh yeah, I have an any. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Holy you know shit, what? that's so fucking gross.
2: <laughs> Listen, you might not get to the bottom of the jar jam, but you'll scrape the shit out of the
1: sides. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, love it. I love it, yeah,
1: love it. Oh my God, that's fantastic.
0: No, I, I don't know, I haven't thought about it. You know, I was kind of freaking out about it the last couple days because, like... About
1: your innie? I would never stop thinking about that if I was you. Yeah,
3: I might be something to be worried about for sure. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I was, re-
1: you know, I was referring more to my... I cannot my, stop thinking about my innie. I was
0: referring more to about my costume, but thanks for bringing up my innie, guys. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Jesus, I cannot. It's like... I was in the pool! <laughs> yeah.
0: Know. Yo, hey, so let's switch gears for a bit. You guys want to tell me a little bit about how you guys got started, when you got started, how things have progressed? I mean, I... Th- I th- Feel like when you guys first started, it was like two or three of you, and now you have five. So, what's tell us a little bit about your backstory?
3: So, I think I, I kind of started in the sense that I had a lot of the, the beats and stuff written, mm-hmm. and I moved out, out west here, and uh, I went and did my masters out east, did like the responsible you know master's degree science thing, and then I was like fuck this, I'm gonna move out west, go make some music, have some fun. So, uh, I sort of did both, moved out here, and I had all these tracks I've been writing like well wow, I was at school in the library, it's supposed to be working on school, whatever. And then I met Dan, who I had known for a while out here, and he, he rapped too. So I was like, yo, man, like, you know, come rap these tracks. And then uh, we we realized we needed to kind of, like, get a DJ because we couldn't do it for ourselves. And uh, there's this guy, Kyle, who was kind of starting something up with uh, Phil here. He knew him from Defino from way back. Okay. Uh, so we all kind of randomly decided to to do a show together. we never really met before. Well, I
2: think I, I went to the studio with you, and we worked on, like, Fat Bastards and We did do dishes. a bit stuff, yeah. So we recorded, like, two songs. You're like, do you want to come play these live? Like yeah, I'm not doing anything else. All right, <laughs> me and Kyle, the Funky Wad, I'd been doing like I'd come for five or six of the songs during his set and play over like Slink tunes and uh, you know the Gaff remixes and shit like that. And so that kind of all came together. I was playing in a punk band at the time, and then so we were playing together. We were we weren't always Elvis Freshly. So, sadly, at one point, we were called the Funky Wad Squad. <laughs> nice. Uh, I remember, like, we needed your goddamn name. And then, Jesus, I don't know if you want to tell the, na- the story about the name.
3: Yeah, we had, like, a party with a bunch of our friends, and uh, we came up with, like, three or four names, and we just went to, like, everybody at the party, and the question was, uh, would you wear a t- what, like, what would you rather wear a t-shirt uh, of, like, with this on it? So, we went through, like, a bunch of different names, and everybody was like, it was freshly sick. They were all pumped on that one. And I guess the t- question was kind of a weird way of, you know, uh, of framing it, but everybody was stoked on it, so
2: yeah. It's also really fun, good branding as well, like right off the hop. Too, I don't know. Like, I, I hated the name at first, but then it really grew on me. And then uh, the, for the whole first album, we were with the uh, Funky Wad, and we that was uh, what you know about Elvis, which we thought was a pretty good name for a debut album. Like, what you, you know, what you know about us? Oh, you don't know anything. Well, here's a fucking thirteen song album of just bangers. Like, I listen to that album now. and I'm like, this is <laughs> aggressive.
3: <laughs> it was pretty uh, aggressive.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and it was pretty hard rock and stuff like that. And then, uh, was, ju- yeah, during the making of our second album, Millennials, Kyle decided to kind of go his own way and we needed a dope replacement for him. So we, we asked Mount Doyle because he's pretty much like such a good guy. We know, he's dedicated and he's a hard working dude. And he's like, he's got so many skills beyond DJing. Like he's, uh, he's good at graphic design He's got a good head on his shoulders.
3: He was also just our homie, like, who we knew we'd love hanging out with. Yeah. You that
0: know, that's, that's half the battle right there, too. That's half the battle right
2: yeah, there. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm definitely, like, I, I almost barely knew him when he first started. Like, I. Yeah, like, yeah. You guys probably knew him a bit more than I did, but, like, I definitely, like, just loved being around the guy. and. So he was down to join, and he, he was normally playing on CDJs, but he's like, no, buy him turntables, and he's just located yeah. this set of <laughs> decks. And,
3: like the day the day he joined, I'm like, all right, so we're going to uh, go pick up some turntables right now. Yeah, it's like
2: two or three grand <laughs> worth of brand new gear the day he joins the band. It's <laughs> just like, now you have to learn how to scratch. And then, <laughs> yeah. and then after a while, he's like, oh, maybe I, I should sing. Yeah, now he's singing on some tunes. He's singing like crazy now. That's and good. then when, when it comes to the fifth member of the band, Mike, what we wanted to do last year is get a – a couple more, a couple more artists on our live show, uh, make like a live kind of alter booking for like, or, um, alternate booking for like bigger shows. Like, okay, well, instead of a four piece, maybe we get a drummer, a bass player and another guitarist and maybe some saxophones. So that's what we did. And we had our one buddy Jackson doing that and Taya's on the bass. And then this year I was like, you know what, I'm going to do proper auditions. We're going to like make people work for this like I want to find the best drummer not just like a homie right so we had auditions we auditioned a bunch of people and Mike just stood out as like one extremely dedicated and hard working like he came in and just mashed it out and he he did perfectly on every song we were like okay we're gonna do this full like nine piece band but also you should just join the band outright like like hip-hop with a live drummer
0: so tight it was like
2: it was like a piece of the puzzle that we never knew that we were missing and it was no questions asked. We did like one gig with them, We're like, yeah, he's in the fucking band.
0: Now. A, a hip hop live drummer is so tight; it's it's insane. Dude, it
2: adds so much. Like, Jesus, his production is predominantly like the drum. The drums is the backbone, but there's not a lot of fills. He's got most of the area taken up with the actual synths and the vocals and shit. So once Mike got his hands on it, it was like so much room for him to to do stuff that wasn't you know the basic boom bap, right? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, for sure.
2: A lot of and a lot of uh, different type of rhythm over top of the original rhythm. It's- yeah, it worked
3: well. He can kind of find his place in the mix to like you know to mm. play without making it too busy or like you know clashing sonically. Mm. And so like yeah, I don't I don't really write as much like like fills or like you know ride cymbals and stuff. It's a of blessing for let sure. Let him do this, Let him do that live, which kind of like adds lots to the show. And like now in recordings, we're going to be getting him to do live stuff in the studio on top of like the more produced kind of sound that that I usually. Oh,
2: four.
0: Yeah, dude, that's super cool, guys. That's that's
2: yeah, and that's cool. and then now we also for bigger festivals like we have a nine-piece band with like saxophone, two guitars, a bass guitar, drummer, piano player, and then the three m's, MC, uh, two MCs, Mount Doyle DJing, drummer. It's like. it's a a
3: lot of people to to, 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 to organize and everything (laughs) but when we can we definitely definitely uh try to send it
2: yeah
3: probably for a couple festivals uh next summer and stuff that are are closer we'll probably get the whole whole group you don't want to
2: overdo that though
3: also for like studio recording you know i use all these different musicians to come in and play so i can get a lot of like good live samples because we're trying to write more original stuff kind of like fine-tune our sound a little bit more a
2: lot less samples of stuff that's not us yeah
3: or, i don't like, want to use samples anyway i don't want to pay, pay anybody for it or yeah. like worry about licensing and rights and stuff and just want to make like you know dope original tracks
2: mm-hmm.
3: just the, the way that we want to do them so
2: and the people that we're working with are genuinely our friends as well so it's like you know, they're
3: all like dope, dope musicians so yeah we you well. just happen to be like
2: <laughs> the best in town <laughs>
0: perfect, perfect perfect hey you guys uh i don't know if you guys know this but we you and i have collabed on uh, a track yeah you
2: played before. guitar on the slink song didn't yes. you on don't trip yes sir Whoa. yeah dog, you didn't know that <laughs> i didn't know I didn't that's know. how me and pat actually uh yeah really because like you hit me up you're like hey man nice to meet you i play guitar on the track
3: that's funny we've been
2: playing that one live like crazy You play that one every show dude, yeah. i wasn't
3: sure what that song he said to me i just i'm like all right don't trip so like, during
2: the live portion of of that uh song I, like, take that one part after the Scratch solo. There's, like, kind of a breakdown, and I address the crowd like a priest and make them say hallelujah and shit like that. It's actually
3: <laughs> a- yeah, we do a whole thing. It's, it's, it's a good tune, though. People have fun. It's a, it's a one that engages the crowd a lot. Yeah, do, sure. how, do you know, how
2: do you know Evan?
0: Megan, myself, and our our old sax player at the time, we collabed with Evan about, Megan, was that about three years ago? Two and a half, three oh years ago? Oh, my God. Ago? It feels... It's been a while. That was Crazy when you were still living in your old That was when yeah. you were still living off off Blaze Well, uh, I had that South studio yeah. in
1: um, South Dinkytown, whatever. No, in Dinkytown. That
0: was in Oh, but we recorded whatever. it. Whatever. Who the fuck cares? Matter.
1: Anyway, Evan came into town because, actually, I think I had the Skyway bring him out and book him. You, and yeah, and you, met, you booked him, co-headlined. and we him for him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but that's, I don't know how I started talking to Evan, I guess. It was probably just another ghetto funk sort of connection. Thing, yeah. To be honest, oh, I mean everyone yeah. knows everyone in this little bubble that we've got here. So <laughs>
2: he's a great dude, man. Yeah, now, we actually we I think we've done two singles with him, and did he remix one of our songs? Oh. No,
3: he never remixed So we no. did two, we did two tunes with him though.
2: Yeah, we did cool. "Don't Trip" and "Cool," so yeah. cool, which we also played live at times. One, well. thing,
3: one thing that's cool is like the the way those songs sound like on on the recordings and stuff that that we put out. Is totally different than how they sound live. Like we've taken those songs, and like transform them into like chopped them up a little bit. Some totally different. Like yeah. it's like that with a lot of our of our music that we have out right now. Like mm-hmm. how it sounds if you just listen to it online, is like one thing, but the way that we perform that song is like totally different. Yeah, like way doper. So I'm kind of stoked to try to capture the sort of the, the live sound and feeling and vibe that we get in some of our our newer recordings yeah. too. I think that.
2: Yeah, for sure. Much less of an isolated sound and more like, you know. It's it's live as fuck. Live as fuck. fuck.
0: (laughs) So, you guys, I know you guys just released. What was your newest release? You guys, we were trying to get you guys in. I want to say it was probably back in June when you guys had a release coming out.
2: We're still on the heels of our uh, last release, which is Certified Fresh. Yep. It came out uh, June 1st. Yep. Came out June 1st. uh, Six tracks. uh, Some of our most like jazzed out more, uh, like, I don't want to like, it's, talk more of, vibes. it's more vibes than our last, it's also in your face. You a know lot more I
3: mean? jazz kind of chords and progressions. Yeah. This one, I kind of wanted to sound a little bit more like organic sounding. The first track on the album sounds like more like electronic sort of produced, mm-hmm. but the rest of it has a bit more of like a, uh, organic kind of live sounding. I used like pretty much all like live recorded instruments for it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, I just kind of wanted to kind of create something with a certain vibe and a certain sort of feel. Yeah, I think I kind of accomplished that with just a little EP, but i put out something a little different. And
2: and then also Justin is singing a lot on this one in the recorded uh, version. So like the second song runaway freight train, He's just doing a ton of that falsetto stuff, and then also "She's So Fine." I believe he wrote that. just wrote. Yeah, that he up. wrote. He wrote that. Up. And it's a lot more. Uh, I want to say approachable stuff. Sometimes with their first and second album, it's like it's pretty in your face, <laughs> live ass hip hop. Whereas this one, you can you can kind of dance to it a bit easier. You might hear it in some more mixes. You know what I mean? It's it's mm. it's not even so much hip hop. It's more just like some vibey ass music. So
0: you guys been riding that out this for the summer? How's the summer been going?
2: Summer's been great, man.
3: It's been yeah. crazy. Yeah, we good times. Uh, as many shows as, as we could play and maintain our sanity, I think at this point, like right. <laughs> we're all still
2: working, working full time too. I mean, we all have jobs and real world shit. You know what I mean? Right. And pretty much work. Get off work Friday, get on a ferry and go tour all weekend, and then go back to work Monday morning.
0: And you guys are all, you guys are doing nine to fives too, right? Yeah. And that's More tough, man. That's really hard. I used to do a 9 to 5 job and play music and it's always like, can I get off work? Can I get off at noon on Friday to get a jump start on driving or whatever
2: and this and that. I'm still wearing my work clothes right now. I rushed from work to come to the podcast.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, what do you guys do for work? What do you guys do for your day jobs?
3: Uh, I I run a uh, a rehab team at a mental health site. Okay, very cool. Yeah. yeah. I'm an occupational therapist. I used to work at acute medical stuff, but I I moved over to mental health and I get to run a bunch of creative, holistic mental health programming. So a lot of different, different stuff there. And I lead a team. That's awesome. I I only have to work four days a week though. So that works out pretty good. Monday to Thursday, I don't work on Friday. So basically basically
0: you provide sanity so you can go insane on the weekends.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much, pretty much. Yeah. This is definitely a contrast between my two jobs. (laughs) Well, you
0: need a balance, right?
2: Yeah. Dan, Dan, one of the other MCs, he works in healthcare too. He works with mentally disabled adults. So he, he also works at a school now. He's a teacher's assistant Yeah, he's, he's a TA as well. And then I work, I'm a glazer, so I install glass and showers and mirrors and oh, wow. interior. Doyle, the DJ, he's a journeyman electrician. Okay. And then Mike, our drummer, owns a gym.
0: Of course, hey, of a, course, he does. Every fucking drummer I know is like a personal yeah. trainer or something <laughs> yeah. like that. He teaches
1: karate, he teaches he teaches karate shit, yeah. Yeah. Well, drummers just like innately have to have way more yeah. energy than your average person. Yeah, they're. Oh, they're, they're that's they're why they're playing the frickin' drums in the first place. That's why they're the person who's always in the room tapping and on like a table and doesn't realize that everyone's annoyed by it except for them. Like, <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's fine. That's
2: him.
1: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That sounds all right. <laughs> But
2: other than that like we got to do a lot of cool shit this summer we got to do a lot of new festivals, or not new festivals but we got to have a lot of new experiences at festivals we've never been to like astral harvest was one that i was really excited to get to that's in uh southern bc or sorry, northern bc yeah
3: it was weird no, and,
2: it was or alberta alberta, <laughs> alberta sorry shit yeah. and uh like we're just really thankful for a lot of the good uh time slots we've been getting man like We've just been getting real time shit.
3: The other cool thing was like every festival that we went to, people were fucking stoked. Like the set went well, all the other artists we met, all the people we met at these festivals, like we just connected with so many many dope people. Our our tech
2: writer can be a bit complicated sometimes, especially to people that only do sound for DJs 90% of the time.
0: Uh, Uh, Yeah, (laughs) I know how that goes.
1: (laughs) Don't even get me started. (laughs) Like, we only had two
2: gigs this summer where I was like, fuck, that fucking sound was, you know what I mean? But like everything else was. Really good, and we've got a good team together right now, and we all we all know that we're going towards a, a, a common goal. And then the other thing we did this summer, as far as the, the new release goes, is uh, we have a video for Runaway Freight Train that we filmed on location with real steam engine trains. Yeah. And, uh, and we, we got, uh. it's supposed to be like an old time black and white, like uh, Charlie Chaplin type silent Buster film. Buster Keaton. Buster Bust like, Keaton, yeah.
3: Yeah, like 1920s silent film kind yeah. of aesthetic. I sort of wrote this idea. I didn't think I'd be able to pull it off. First of all, I thought nobody would ever let me use their steam train. But yeah. I actually, I actually <laughs> found somebody let us use the steam train. And they had like a full set. So I got, I went to this theater. I got like costumes. I did actually a full on period piece. Yeah. To like a hip hop track though on a train,
2: and uh, that's going to be coming out in November. Yeah, let's we'll say November.
3: Oh. I'm pretty stoked on it. I don't know. I you know, can't wait to see what the it, market yeah. for like silent film, hip hop, yeah. whatever. It's it's a completely unique idea, I think. Except yeah. for that's based on all you. but
2: and it's, it's one of our main singles. So yeah. they're playing it on the radio around here. And they're like playing that. on the radio. It's oh. A oh. radio. Nice, yeah. fancy. Yeah, no, <laughs> our, our local radio station, uh, the Zone 91.3, they they sponsor our shows. Dude. they put us on blast they give away our tickets on the radio and it's like a it's the biggest radio station in Victoria it like is for sure thousands and thousands of listeners what's the what's day. the
0: station called again
2: oh, the zone 91.3 in Victoria all right
0: the zone 91.3 shout out we
2: love you guys yeah. uh, they're super rad and like
3: they he- sponsored us for the next show that we're throwing like yeah. they, they gave us like a bunch of they're giving away our tickets on on the air
2: so to hear hip-hop music on a predominantly rock and pop radio station, is a win in my book. I'll fucking
1: take that. Anyway. Totally. yeah, Absolutely. They play Absolutely. me a lot here on Latino alt rock radio station. Isn't hey! that hilarious? Hey! Oh, yeah! <laughs> Shout out to, pa- to the KFAI. Pablo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 90.3 90.
0: KFAI Minneapolis. Yeah. I'm Da-da. their
1: honorary Latino. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's the fun. That's so funny. That Geez, That's
1: how Latina I am. Yeah.
2: yeah. yeah. I guess the other uh, big thing this year that we have to kind of talk about is, uh, we just got a, a grant from the government of BC to to further. Oh our yeah, careers. I
1: saw that. That's insane. So it's, yeah, yeah, it's
2: that's dope. it's pretty much they'll uh, like match whatever we are investing in ourselves up to a certain point. So it's like you know we we want to grow and and they have a you know a pretty decent arts budget uh, to those that are you know willing to apply for it and yada yada so.
3: It's a lot lot of hoops to jump through, but it also like everything, every penny that we spend for this is all being spent locally in BC, like local BC businesses. So I think it's a pretty good program and it's going to let us uh, do a lot of stuff that we want to do. So it's pretty cool. That's
1: awesome. I wonder if the US (laughs) provides anything sort of like that.
0: Yeah, yeah, we have some grant money, but it's so hard. So, so hard to get.
3: I had to submit like 15 documents. Like it was, it It was was a lot of work. It was
2: arduous, (laughs) man. Yeah, he knocked it out of the park with this one because he was just so stressed and pulling his hair out and making deadlines. And we were just like, oh, thanks, dude.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I got the money.
0: <laughs> but that's how I feel about, like, working with Megan. I'm, like, just kind of going through my day. It's like, we got a gig. And I'm like, sweet, thanks. I'm glad I didn't have to do anything.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, love it. <laughs>
2: Yeah, we all have our own roles in the band. Like, there's definitely, like, it's good to have so many members because we can kind of spread out the workload a little bit. And if someone's better at this than the other person, then it's better to put it on their shoulders and kind of delegate shit like that. He's just so much in the studio that we all kind of need to alleviate anything that we can as far as stuff that he's got to do, right?
1: Well, see, I'm like a control freak, so I can't have that. Well, so I've, is Hazel, I've got way candy. too much. I uh, <laughs> feel I, mean, exact same way.
3: I literally
2: <laughs> have to
1: pull tasks
2: away from him like, no, I'm doing
1: this. <laughs> I just feel like innately skeptical that someone's going to accomplish a task sometimes at the level that I know I could have done it myself. And then I could have prevented this entire thing and it could have been right the first time and blah, blah, blah. That's the logic that happens in my mm-hmm. head when I delegate things to my fine self. And
0: that's that's what gets frustrating to me, too, like working with you, because I come from at, at the same angle. You know, like, yeah, if you well, want I mean, right, honestly,
1: this podcast was the first delegation of all of this shit yeah, where I've been like, here, Pat, you know, you want to do a podcast? Fine. We can use my profile. We can talk to my homies, but you have to you have to produce everything. I'm not recording it. I'm not editing it. I'm not doing it. And yeah. you've done you a great job that so that far.
0: Emails. What's
2: that? <laughs>
0: yeah, that's me, man. But like, no, like I said, like the last five days, I've been working like the weirdest hours because I work as a bartender. So it's like sometimes I start at 10 a.m. Sometimes I'm done at 2 a.m. And it's just like it's been all fucked up, man.
2: I spent 10 years as a cook. Never again.
0: Oh, it's rough, dude. A cook is even worse. I I feel like I I admire people in kitchens so much because they work like 12 hour shifts and they're there like at 8 a.m. And I see them leaving like at 11 at night. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, how can you guys fucking
2: do that, man? Well, the money's just not
0: enough. It's a it's a job in the service industry. You kind of have to be passionate about working with people. But sure. no, like as as a cook, you have to have another level of passion
1: and happiness. Cooks yeah. are so like most cooks that I work with. When you when I'd walk by the kitchen or whatever, they're in such a fucking good mood. Usually yep. blasting oh, music, yeah. like having mm-hmm. the best time of their life, like moonwalking while they like put the stuff up on the line and like food prep stuff. And <laughs> I don't know, they're just always in the best mood, but. Everyone learn from the line cooks, okay? Mm -hmm. Yeah, some of the best
2: times I've had working were in a taco truck at music festivals, like just like listening to like ten feet away from the stage, listening to Snoop Dogg play, and I'm like, well, at least I'm making money while I'm watching. I just that
1: sounds actually amazing. That sounds fucking fun. I (laughs) want to work in a food truck while I'm at a music festival because like you hire all these
2: volunteers and they do X amount of hours and they get a free wristband. So a lot of people are like, "Oh, sick! I'll get into the festival for free, and all I got to do is work." But It's like, no, you got to fucking work, dude. Yeah, you got to like really work. You can't just like buy on mushrooms. So like yeah. on so that
1: level, though, I feel bad for some of the people that like come to volunteer or whatever, and those bullshit festivals that are like your first volunteer shift is a sixteen-hour shift from six a.m. to to eight. AM the next day and you get no chair and you have no sunscreen and you got to tell everyone to go this way. And that's your whole job.
0: One time in Wisconsin, when I was growing up, I think I was like 18 or 19. So it was a while ago. And I volunteered to armband people at this rock music festival and Tom Petty was headlining. Idiot. uh, Yeah. So I (laughs) I did like a, I did like a 12 hour shift armbanding people, but this was before they had like the, uh, you know, uh, electronic chips in the armbands and all that type of stuff. And it was just the, the plastic ones. So I was mm. cutting off the long tags on all the, the adults who are like myself, who have small, small wrists. And I kept a whole bunch of them and we super glued them all together and went into Tom Petty for free. So I saved 150 bucks and it was amazing. Look at you go. Yeah.
1: How resourceful. Hey,
0: don't tell the cops. R.I.P. Yep. Yep. R.I.P. Tom Petty, man. That was one of the greatest shows I've ever seen, though. That was
1: really
2: cool. You don't have to look like a refugee.
0: Yeah. You don't have to. But I did.
2: Well,
1: there guys, we're coming to the end of the hour here, but thank you so much for kicking it with us and shit. We will totally have you guys on again when you have like a follow-up album or EP or do you have, you have anything you're super stoked to talk about that's coming up here?
3: We got some
1: wood up in the
3: furnace. We got, some, we got something okay. to pipeline. We got a new track called uh, Feel Good that's <laughs> probably going to come out either December or like right in the new year. We're really excited for that, for that too. It's almost on some kind of like neo soul
0: funk kind of vibes. Ooh, I fucking love that
3: shit.
2: <laughs>
0: Yo, it's yeah, se- dude. Send me a whip, dude. I want to hear that.
3: It's gonna smash. I think you guys will probably dig it. I think it's gonna gonna do a lot for us. We're gonna put out a bunch of singles and just kind of like we we like a lot of different stuff. We got a lot of different kind of styles we want to work work with. So. We're gonna try out a bunch of different singles and send them out and see what people think and right. just keep making dope music. We, we've
2: also got a couple of straight up bangers that are like way more EDM than we've ever been. Tra- I hate to use that like,
1: that term EDM. Alone. Yeah, but like yeah. we get it. Yeah, you have you know, to. Want, you we you we have want to to use,
3: to use it. it. We, want, we want. to. You know, we want yeah, to make want those to speakers pop speakers and wobble and a bit. So we
2: want, we want them, them. You know, turned up basses. Basses <laughs> just. uh,
3: so we're going a bit more that direction it's going a little bit more like heavier more electronic production elements Mm -hmm. uh, sort of heavier bass and then kind of changing up some of the the, yeah less hip hop and more kind of danceable beats but there's also like different rhythms so you can kind of rap on and like it it just makes it more fun you know instead of getting stuck in like classic hip hop or that kind of stuff
2: (laughs) instead of doing mumble rap hey did you
0: get some face tattoos too guys no
2: No. no. right.
3: (laughs) right. cool
0: All right. well Best of both worlds.
3: We don't want to hurt our, our boy band image. You know, so take-
1: yeah, keep it clean, y'all. Leave room for Jesus on that vice.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, guys. Oh,
1: no,
3: hey. well, it's been a pleasure chatting with you guys today. Yeah, uh, thanks for having us on.
0: Yeah, yeah, man. I'm so glad we could make this work, you guys, with, with being in the different time zones and our crazy work schedules and whatnot.
2: For sure, for sure. I'd be like, uh, we should even try to get Megan out here. And uh, I don't know, yeah. Are you doing music, Pat? Like, what's going on? What's good? Like, what's your handle?
0: Yeah, I dabble a little bit.
2: Well, let's get <laughs> you guys out here. So let's do a show together in Canada, man. I don't know if you guys need visas or some shit. Let's figure it out. I, I don't fucking
0: think love I need Canada, a visa, man. But let's yeah. uh let's do something in Calgary. My uncle lives in Calgary and then I can go visit him and we can knock out two birds and one stone. I,
1: how about you go to Calgary and I'll go to West Canada? Dude, Dude. I want
0: to go to Calgary, man. Calgary <laughs> yeah, cold right now, man. Nobody wants to go to Calgary.
1: Yeah, yeah. thank you. You have fun in Calgary, Pat. Dude, I don't Maybe know, man. Fucking Last time I was in island. Vancouver,
0: it was like it was like 0 degrees, man. It was <laughs> fucking
3: freezing.
2: 0 degrees know. Celsius. Doesn't <laughs> Uh, well, weed's legal now so i don't know how you feel about that but yeah oh, oh yeah, yeah
0: yeah weed it's, is
1: legal anyway whatever dude no, there's it, more it dispensaries today or is in it british tomorrow? columbia than there are gas stations
0: no when it, it, when did it go official was that today or 12, 12, o'clock, tonight. 12 o'clock tonight
2: oh you guys yeah you guys and also spark it up reminder to everybody oh, we're going to show tomorrow in a weed dispensary yes amazing yeah. Yeah, and
1: also Making a Murderer 2 comes out tomorrow. Oh! <laughs> that, that was
0: my reaction
3: thank about you. an hour yep. ago, too. You're
1: welcome, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, like, I'm not leaving the house for a couple days.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. Hell, yeah. I don't have anyway. to go to work till 5 tomorrow.
1: Yeah. All yeah. right, guys. Well, thank you so much for kicking it with us, and we'll talk to you soon. Right
2: on. Take care. Have, good. A good yeah. Yeah. Right. Hey, have a good one. Have a good night.
0: Thank you guys so much. Appreciate you. Thanks.
2: Thank you. Peace.
0: Peace. Peace. that was sweet. awesome sweet thank you guys
1: So wait. go smoke a J for us legally since we can't Mhm. just illegally illegally <laughs> anyway yeah peep out their stuff when it drops here soon they're super tight dudes obviously it sucks we can only have a couple of them on because they're all really nice guys and shout out to all the guys that weren't able to join us from Elvis we missed you I'm sure I'll see you soon. I think I just got an offer for a show out in Calgary or something. So I think that's a little ways away from them. It's funny yeah. that you were just saying that we want to go to Calgary just on the interview right there. But yeah, yeah. I think I'm going to be going to Calgary soon. So if they Sweet. want to drive like six hours, come see me. Come visit, Come go visit
0: my <laughs> uncle and his beer tree.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. The beer tree's there.
0: It's in Calgary. Yeah.
1: Holy shit. OK, I'm going to the beer tree. <laughs> I, I'm going to the beer tree, y'all. Hopefully he still has it hooked up. Follow me on Instagram to peep it out. And you know what? Follow us on Instagram. Go yeah. look up Green Room Podcast and frickin follow us. Follow us on all the socials we all got it is is pictures Instagram. of pat's butthole <laughs> <laughs> you know and we're just laughing that there's this part on broad city where they just like the, the very episode starts with them walking to, into a room mid-conversation on the topic of if you just saw a lineup of buttholes could you identify your own
0: no way no. <laughs> i couldn't i don't and know if I could Al- I,
1: alana is like I dead set she's like anybody. of course i could are you kidding me
0: I don't think I could identify anybody. I could tell that chocolate starfish
1: hole. from a thousand miles away. Eish. I'm kidding. I would have no idea. You know. But anyway, Eugh, that's because no, I know because I bleached mine. You know. Yeah, I don't. No, I don't know. No, I'm just joking. I'm not Margaret Cho. She had that one episode on her show where she went and got her ble- her asshole bleached with her mom. She had this like reality television show for a while on like Comedy Central. And where she would just go do a really ridiculous ass shit and bring her super traditional Asian mom along with her. And one of the things was to go bleach her asshole. On one of the other (laughs) episodes, she walks around naked for it. Comedy Central came up to her and was like, you are not allowed to take your clothes off anymore. You're too fat. Like, we cannot have that on the show anymore. Yeah. So she canceled... Her show with them. Whoa. Signed it to a different network and she's naked once an episode on purpose just to spite them. Whoa. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so anyway. Anyway. Wow. But she has a whole bit about getting your butthole bleached and <laughs> she's like, I just don't know why people do it. Has anybody just been really bummed out about the color of their anus that they're just like, it's <laughs> like pouting, just like. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, you know what? We'll move on from the Butthole. bleaching buttholes, y'all. We're sorry. You know, give it a try if you want. And, you know, speaking of what color things are, iPhone just came out with the 10XS up for a colorblind mode. So people that are colorblind can right. now see the color blue, heard apparently. this is pretty amazing. Yeah, I've been having my colorblind dude friends, because only dudes can be colorblind, right? Yeah.
0: So, like high, way high percentage. Yeah, well, I yeah. think
1: women are can only be carriers for it or something oh, like really? that. But anyway, yeah, I saw a bunch of my dude friends being like, "I've never seen blue before. This is amazing!" <laughs> so that's really cool.
0: That's awesome.
1: Yeah, that's crazy. I can't believe, the future is here, man. The future is now. Except for Dude, that
0: thing you were showing me, still. That, the like bit emoji or emoji things that you were Animojis. showing me. And emojis. And emojis. Yeah. Dude, that shit's wild. Those
1: are amazing. I love sending
0: uh, And it like reacts to your eyes opening and like mouth opening. It's mind blowing. I'm still living in the past year with my Galaxy S6.
1: Yeah. Past year. You mean past five years ago? You had that phone when you started playing no, I, with me. In the
0: past. I'm still living in the past here. Oh, but also, I thought you said been, I've been living
1: in the past year.
0: No, but I've been living in the past like five years with yes,
1: that. Yes, you have. Okay, so we have one more thing on our topic list here that I want to bring up because it's super funny. And then we're going to peace out so you guys can go smoke weed in celebration of Canada because it's what you should be doing. <sighs> don't apologize for it. Don't apologize for it. Yeah. You don't have to anymore. Nope. Okay, so this I saw this thing the other day that there was a, there was a Trump rally down in Rochester, which for those who don't know, is this, a little city where Mayo Hospital or Mayo Clinic Mayo is Clinic. about an hour south of Minneapolis.
0: Yeah, something like that.
1: And Trump had a rally there recently, and this guy got arrested for just screaming, "Dad!" <laughs> over and over again throughout his entire speech. <laughs> And his mugshot is so effing funny. He has the hugest smirk on his face because he's just completely pleased as punch with himself. It's fantastic. If you're really bored and you're on your computer right now, go Google, like, here, the headline is Minneapolis man arrested at Trump rally for repeatedly yelling dad. And he looks absolutely, looking at it again, he looks so fucking funny. He does not give a shit. But yeah. Spadina was removed from Mayo Civic Center shortly after 6.30 p.m., Saduka said Spadino kept standing up and repeatedly screaming, Dad. The president's Dad? security attempted to Dad. escort Padino out, but he resisted. And the, the Rochester police were called to assist. Nine other people were kicked out of the Civic Center, but those people, none of those people were criminally charged. Only this guy that was yelling, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> Trump, Trump's one comment toward this man was that he needs a haircut because he has a man bun <laughs>
0: <laughs> my dad has a man bun
1: <laughs> dad? dad yeah that is so funny my son cannot have a man bun <laughs> that's hilarious but anyway i think yeah that we've talked about all the things in and we've talked enough so we're gonna go get high you go get high or don't i'm not gonna whatever get high you
0: anymore. do i'll fix my heat
1: go chill and have a dope day or go back to work or whatever I don't know
0: I don't yeah. give a fuck Just do,
1: do,
0: <laughs> do whatever it is you're going to do do
1: whatever the fuck you're going to do thanks yeah. for listening to our stupid fucking podcast <laughs> we'll see you next fucking two weeks from oh, now wait,
0: we got some spe- like awesome guests coming up guys so you're going to be yeah super if
1: you it. made it this long into it which is probably like three of you you get, be <laughs> really excited because you get to know who's on next time okay because we're going to tell you
0: should we tell Mm-hmm. Oh. ready 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 drum roll
1: Flaming Ghosts is bitches.
0: Yep, yeah, we got Flaming Ghosts coming up next. Yeah, bitches. Super so if stoked. you're still
1: here, all two of you now, thank you so much <laughs> for listening to our fucking podcast. Peace out. Go do whatever the fuck you're gonna do.